Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, the pandemic has certainly heated up a lot of sectors, including the gaming scene worldwide and in Singapore as well. Now, the gaming market here is expected to be worth, get this, 138 million US dollars by 2024. And the Singapore Tourism Board has taken notice of this growth as well as it implements a tour of gaming hotspots in Singapore. Today, we're going to be catching up with Jonathan Ye. He He's the founder of Lockdown Escape. It's one of Singapore's premier destinations for escape room games and one of the few companies in the world that actually designs its own VR games and board games. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. So Lockdown Escape, no doubt it was inspired by COVID-19, right? <laughs> no. No. It, it, was, <laughs> it was a surprise that... Because originally when we started the company, we wanted a name that is catchy so that people can associate our company with an escape room. Since mm-hmm. escape rooms were at the start of a trend back in 2013, right. so we picked the word lockdown escape. But we didn't know that it would come back to fight <laughs> us when there is actually lockdown going on around the world due to COVID-19. Exactly. So how do you feel about this? Has that association been good or bad for you guys? I think it has been good and bad because we get a lot of punny remarks. Yeah, I'm especially sure. Especially when we introduce ourselves that we are lockdown escape and people will ask me, not again, or is this circuit breaker? <laughs> okay, maybe you need to come up with another one with the word circuit breaker, the term circuit breaker in it as well. I'm sure these things are still trending, even as uh, <laughs> countries come out of the lockdown and circuit breaker, right? Yes, but it's going to bring back a lot of sore points for a lot of people who are affected. Uh, you never know. I'm sure there's a community out there that just wants to be reminded of all of these things. But uh, this is your second VR game in two years. So you've been rather busy during the pandemic. Tell us more about your company's gaming philosophy, first of all, and how you got so busy during the pandemic. So basically, when we started out the company, we were actually trying to find entertainment within Singapore that can be educational as well. So we couldn't really find something that really suits our taste because usually team buildings and gatherings, you will go for bowling or go for paintball shooting, Mm. all the type of games that are not really educational or really challenges your mind. So therefore, we started this and our motto is actually we take fun seriously. So we try to do something that is fun that could also be serious at the same time because usually these two are not linked to each other. Right, so, fun and seriousness, you mean? Correct. Right, so right. So how did you do serious it? serious fun. <laughs> okay, so, okay. One of the first things that we did was actually doing escape rooms because escape rooms require you to actually use your mind to think and solve the puzzles and figure out how to get out of a tight spot. So, but during the pandemic, there couldn't be any escape rooms because due to circuit breaker, the government is also not allowing any entertainment of any sorts to be allowed. So we were figuring out what we were supposed to do during the pandemic. And we thought, why not? Because circuit breaker is only affecting Singapore. But a lot of the other countries, they are still pretty much okay. They weren't really suffering any lockdown at that point in time. So we thought, okay, so we could launch something that can actually put our company beyond the locality of Singapore. So one of the ideas was actually the board game. The second one was the virtual reality game. Mm. And I'm sure that the virtual reality game is way more relevant these days. I mean, I don't know very many people who actually still play board games. 
<laughs> I I think every game has its own trends. Right. So at the beginning, maybe board games would be trendy maybe a few decades ago, mm. but they, they usually come back in cycles. So it all it all just depends what time it is going to be. So at this point in time, we have already passed the escape room cycle, the physical escape room cycle, but we are at the dawn or at the start of a virtual reality or augmented reality in the gaming aspect. Mm. Now, I know that this is a very competitive landscape and you are competing against global players. So tell me what exactly all of this involves. Okay, so we were trying to see whether we could actually offer another another format of entertainment to the local market in Singapore. But we figured out that if we continue to do escape rooms, there, there is going to be a lot of limitation. It couldn't really be scalable. So we tried to explore the virtual reality and we realized that there isn't actually those type of virtual reality escape games that is not horror mm. or scary or anything that relies on a lot of scare factors, which is very popular at the initial stage of VR. So we decided, okay, since we have, we have the expertise in designing the game, so we might as well create one on our own. So our genre of VR games are actually very different from whatever is available in the market globally. Mm. So for our games itself, the avatars, which is the character that you see in VR, is actually our bear mascot. So right. the mascot for our company is actually a little detective teddy bear. Ah, okay. I think you should try to make it look a little like Paddington Bear these days because, <laughs> because of, you know, obvious reasons, right? It's clear that you chose to go a different way to stand out from your competitors. But how were you at all confident that something like this, which is more warm and fuzzy, would be more popular than all the other techniques that other gamers are using or other gaming companies are using? I believe this is actually very similar to how how would anyone be confident when they are writing a storybook or when they are directing a movie mm. or doing a business? They have no way of being 100% sure that whatever they do is going to be a hit or a success. So the only thing we have is just unwarranted self-confidence in the fact that we are still standing. People appreciated our games. So at the very least, if the global market does not warm up to our idea of our version of how we think it can be done, at least the local market would likely still be enough so that they can enjoy the games that we have created. Mm. So based on your observations, how are people taking to all of this? Like you said, it's quite different from everything else that's in the market. So it could have gone horribly wrong, but clearly it hasn't because you're still here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that has a little bit of luck involved since I couldn't really explain everything. We could prepare all we want, but luckily the audience is warming up to the reception of a VR game because VR is actually quite difficult to explain to someone else unless they try it for themselves. So, but luckily because we have quite a few years in the market and we have quite a large customer database, they are enough to sustain the need or the demand for the VR game so that we have the confidence to continue building. And we're launching actually our third game by Christmas this year. Mm. Yeah, on the international market, our games are actually being um, played in over 50 VR arcades around the world. So they are also paying us royalty, which has been increasing ever since we first launched more than tripled the initial that we have obtained when we launched our first game. So the first game was quite okay, but by the time the second game launched, people are starting to see and take note that there is this new type of escape games that could be family entertainment 
instead of pure horror. Mm, so we are starting to see promising results. And hopefully by the third one that's launched, it'll be even better. Now, I'm sure you're aware of various studies over the years that have said that video games aren't good for one's well-being or they encourage isolation and, you know, various other things as well. Yet there are other studies that say they're unlikely to have an impact on well-being. In China, though, there has been a wave of tightened restrictions on the gaming industry in recent years. I mean, the Chinese government's antipathy towards video games by using the term spiritual opium, I think, is quite evident. To what extent are you concerned about such things? Well, I think... China is a little bit different from the Singapore market or even the global market because China is a country that has 1.4 billion people. So anything that is entertaining, relaxing or gives about a happy experience for the target, whoever the age group it is, it is going to have an addictive element. So even going to the gym, which is being viewed as a healthy thing, there are people who are addicted to gyms and they go to the extreme. So Anything can have its extremes, but for China specifically, because the population size is so big and they have cities and rural areas, even just a small percentage, let's say a 1% or 0.1%, you're going to be having millions of people that will be affected negatively. And of course, I cannot speak really for the Chinese government on why they decided to make this move, but I'm sure they have good reasons that it concerns them enough that they want to regulate. But Regulating is not really the same as controlling because regulation is just wanting to have a more, a more pleasant outcome instead of leaving it to the market forces. So let's say, for example, in Singapore, we also regulate. So we regulate the age in which people can smoke, the age that people can drink. So it's the same thing. So I believe they just have data that they do not really want their younger generation to be spending too much of their time on gaming. Mm. But in Singapore itself, I think most of us or the people that I've seen so far, the parents and the kids, they have quite a lot on their plate already. So playing games is more like a form of a release or relaxation time for them, but it's not really taking up a significant portion of their time. Because, mm. However, we still have to acknowledge that gaming addiction is a real phenomenon. Yeah, It does Definitely. happen. Yeah, We can't say that it doesn't happen at all. Uh, so does your game come with a warning label, <laughs> Jonathan? <laughs> well, the lucky thing about us is that our games are always a 60-minute time limit. Ah. So there's no way you could actually be stuck playing it forever. <laughs> Okay, you mentioned that you've got another one coming out in December. What's that one going to be like? How are you taking oh, this a step further? We're actually trying to try to market our brand more along the, the teddy bear mascot. So that's why all of our VR games are focusing on the teddy bear. So in every game, especially the game that's going to be launched later this year, is based on a kind of Indiana Jones style of game. So our teddy bear mascot is actually carrying a miner's hat with a light and a little backpack, which is different from its attire from the others. And especially with the metaverse things that are going on, we hope that if we can build a cult following for our mascot, we will have some form of avenue should we want to venture into the metaverse. Yeah, that's the thing I wanted to ask you about, actually, the metaverse. Apparently, there is still no clear consensus about what exactly makes up a metaverse. How are you trying to process all of this and anticipate what will be required for an entity such as yours to actually thrive once all of this becomes a reality? 
I believe the metaverse at this stage is a concept that a lot of people are trying to get a monopoly hold over it. So this is kind of like the days when there is MySpace, Friendsters, and Facebook. So the days when everyone is trying to create their own version of the social social circle or the social sphere. So in, in the form of this metaverse, everyone is trying to create their own metaverse as well. But at this point in time, no one really has the main strength or the main point in which they can actually gather a lot of people into that space. So for us, we have no idea who is actually going to be the winner in this space. But what we know for sure is that as long as we focus on our mascot, whichever metaverse that has finally emerged in which people can transverse across various different virtual worlds, they will be there and they will see our mascot because we will be ready for them. All right. Thank you very much for that, Jonathan. Jonathan Ye, founder of Lockdown Escape. Thanks for joining us on Prime Time. You take care, Jonathan. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.